LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. And uh, Daniel, it is, it's been a minute since we recorded. <laughs> yeah, well, um, we probably should have recorded half an hour ago, but we were just... Yes, we <laughs> have been talking, talking for the last half an hour. Um, yes, things that we didn't... Uh, it wasn't that we didn't want to record it. We were just catching up. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but... I, you told me, Hey, I just, uh, uh, you know, did our church centennial and I'm like, Oh, let's mm-hmm. talk about that because I'll often get the question, Hey, how do I take, and I'm not saying, you know, Beulah is a great church. It's been growing for years and years. This is not a uh, commentary on Beulah. Mm-hmm. This is a commentary on churches in general. And that some of the conversations that I've had really the last, however many years I've been at Lifeway is like, Hey, yeah. I have a stagnant kind of situation. How can I lead change? And a lot of churches are, you know, saying, hey, how do I open people up to change or how do I lead change? And one of the things that I'll often say is, hey, one of the best levers you have is the past. There's yes. I don't care how uh, keeper of the status quo your church currently is. There's some story. There's something that, you know, people hold up almost as a trophy in the church Mm -hmm. that you can find something good to say about it. You may not even like it. But if that trophy was about evangelism or it was about discipleship, then you can use that to then springboard and shift into your new idea of what ideal of yeah. what um, evangelism or discipleship should look like. So I wanted to ask you, you know, talk a little bit about as you're doing Centennial, mm-hmm. um, are those levers you pulled and, you know, I, I just want to yeah. hear more about that because we no, had just started sure. to talk about that. And I was like, well, we should probably press record. <laughs> well, you're, you're so right, Todd, the past, when, when focusing and doing change management, the past is probably one of the most neglected areas that you can leverage because when you think about change, it's, you think about the new, you think about the future, you think about, Hey, what could be, how do we use the future and what could be, how do we paint that vision of what that's going to be, you know, visioneering and, you know, all this, there's all this language around vision and, and moving forward. And, and oftentimes we, we try to do that and try to create excitement and rah, rah around that. Now, unfortunately though, by doing that, you have to, uh, you have to kind of share that today, maybe the past and today isn't what it should be. And maybe you do that intentionally, or maybe it's just very unintentional because you're talking about the future and so you're getting so excited about it that you just, you're unintentionally bashing the present or bashing the past. Okay. So that's, that's one way of doing it. Definitely. I mean, it's not wise to bash the past or the present, but there is going to be this sense of, okay, what, what isn't working about right now that, that, that it's causing us to reflect on and, and think about why we should even change in the future. So that's, that's one way, but what you mentioned earlier at the top of this pod, podcast, um, the importance of the past is so, it's such an interesting way to lead change. Uh, because if you're a new leader or you're trying to change things, people are going to associate that change with you, right? And if you're a new leader, you're like, oh, yeah, do I trust this person? Does this person have the relational change? Do they have the equity? Do they even 
do they even know what they're doing? I mean, this guy doesn't know our history. This guy doesn't know our past. This is, and and there's there's doubt that might come into play that you try to overcome by talking about the future or whatnot. The brilliant piece about focusing on the past is that if there's a change that you feel God's leading you to make in the church into the future, there's probably something that you can root that in in the past. Right. And you can actually say, yeah, well, this has been a part of our church. And, and you know, the longer your church is, the longer of a history you can lean on. But for example, as we launch another campus, hey, I can go right back to the beginning of Beulah a hundred years ago and say, man, this church was intentionally multiplying and that they sent out dog sled teams and, and people on horseback to go evangelize. Right. And, and they remodeled a Model T Ford and called it the gospel car and sent it out into rural Alberta to evangelize communities and do revival rallies and all this stuff. Right. So there's all of these pieces that I'm like, man, yeah, you know what? That was strongest for Beulah in its origin days. And there were decades here, decades there where maybe that wasn't the primary focus. But when I think about, yeah, God is leading us back toward that. I can root that in the past rather than trying to argue it from a, hey, shouldn't we do this or shouldn't? And, and looking more toward the future. I can always root that in the past. I love that. I mean, it's, it's kind of a way of, um, you know, even identifying present values that are rooted in the past and yeah. being able to say, Hey, this is us. This yeah. is Beulah. This is who we are. It's who we always been. Um, and, you know, really tapping into that, um, to, uh, to project into the future. Well, so and how do yeah. you go ahead? And, yeah. And I like how you talked about values there, right? Because when leading change, the more you can tie it to your values, the more the values become tangible and real and, and, and you're putting flesh on the values. Whereas in a lot of churches, values are just kind of, you know, we did the exercise, we posted them on the wall or on the website and, and, you know, we're just going to keep on going. If your values are truly core, when you navigate change, when you talk about change, yeah, talk about them through the lens of the value. So I'll give you an example. After I became lead, the first series we did was our values. And, and we were, I was working on our values, rewording them and all that stuff for probably about a year at the time, a little bit over a year and just doing the due diligence to, to identify and wrestle and focus in and hone in on the right language. Well, when we released the values and our four values are incredibly welcoming, relentlessly missional, intentionally multiplying and courageously generous. And it was a four week series in as we were talking about each of the values, we rooted it all in our historical story. And we talked about how Beulah was, is and will continue to be. And I use that language was, is, and will continue to be incredibly welcoming was, is, and will continue to be relentlessly missional, intentionally multiplying, courageously generous. And I used historical stories, present stories, and then, um, talked about, okay, yeah. And into the future, this is what it would look like if we continue to move down this route. So to continue to visit that, even in change management, in celebration, yeah. Rooting that in your core values would be so important. Man, I think that's, uh, that's amazing simply because when you look at values, they're extremely powerful, but they're ultimately limited 
limiting unless you connect them with story because yeah, yeah. you can say, um, you know, people matter to God and us. And mm. here's the verse that goes with that or, you know, whatever, whatever little short statement you have for your value. But you need to then follow up with multiple stories of yeah. what this looks like. Otherwise, people do their own math and they decide what it looks like. They yeah, decide, right. you know, what, what this means. And, you know, when you mentioned generosity, for instance, it's like, well, it could take different forms. Mm -hmm. You help them understand it by contextualizing what it is. It, it's almost like, um, you know, uh, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And then the, the, ha ha, who is my, well, who's my neighbor? Yeah. And what does yeah. Jesus do? He tells a story. And mm. by the end of that, then you fully understand what that value meant. Yeah. You know, what yeah. Jesus was saying when he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So we have the obligation, I think, to do that for our people. And when you can find that in your past, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, being able to talk about dog sleds, being able yeah. to talk about, hey, they refitted a Model T when it first came out and people would, I mean, you know, yeah. that that idea that, oh, people are going to be attracted to that. They're going to, you know, yeah. want to see that. And then, and then we shared the gospel with yeah, them. We and, shared, we shared Jesus. Yeah. And it's even so from beautiful. a career. Yeah. And even from a, and even just, I was thinking, I'm thinking about that now, even that model T Ford, the gospel car story, I could share that and talk about our, our value to be relentlessly missional or to be intentionally multi. I could also talk about it from the value of being courageously generous because, um, our pastor at that time said, we won't commission and send out this car until it's fully paid off. So they got it, you know, did the design and all that stuff, but would not send it out until it was fully paid off. And it got fully paid off the day before they were going to send it out. Right. Nice. And, and someone wrote a check and it's just like, yeah, how do we, how do we root everything in that? Now, I, I did want to mention it's, you know, we live in really interesting times, right. With uh, current events and everything that's going on and, and not only the current events that are happening right now, but the ones that'll happen in the future that have the potential to derail or, or, or sidetrack the church in terms of what our focus is. So it's really interesting is, you know, you mentioned that we're celebrating our centennial as a church uh, doing it over three weeks using Hebrews 12, you know, Jesus Christ is the same, uh, 13, actually Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what's so interesting is I actually had a, a pastor's chat moment where I was like, Hey guys, this is all that's going on right now. Um, in the past, Beulah always focused on Jesus no matter. And, and I actually, early on in the message talked about all the major events over the last hundred years. And I was like, in and through all this, Beulah's focus has always been on Jesus. Uh, and then the whole message was about that. So at the end, it was like, so in light of what's going on right now, may our, like, what is, and I was like, hey, church family, what is consuming your heart, mind, soul right now? What's captivating your attention? You know, may it be King Jesus. And I, and I talked about our vision and, and really pointed to Jesus, but it's just another example, right? Where it's like, man, if you are the pastor of your church or you're on staff at your church and you don't know the local history, right? You don't know the history of your church, become a student 
right? Not only of church history, but become a student of your local church history. And, and maybe, maybe it's like, yeah, but we've gone through this split and that split and that affair happened and this, and no one wants to talk about our history yet. Yeah, you know what? There still can be redeeming factors in and through all of that. So how do you do that? Not by revising history, <laughs> right? We don't want to do that, but what does it look like for you to become a student of that so that you can leverage the past to move your church uh, into change for the future. That's so good. Well, guys, uh, I hope you really have been enjoying the One Ministry Question podcast. If you do, please tell a friend and hop on to wherever you're listening to this and leave a rating review. We really appreciate that. We also appreciate uh, feedback on social Mm-hmm. whether it's uh it, it, for me it's twitter that's pretty much the only place i am these days i may have accounts other places but i'm just going to be honest i'm not looking at those daily where as twitter i do so uh if you want to reach out to either one of us uh please do and let us know a question that you have or a subject that you would like us to tackle so thanks so much for listening and have a great day